1: Thank you, Jordan. We couldn't hear the music. Do you want to play it again? Can we get that music? Because I wanted my guest to dance with me. Jordan, can we do that one more time? Okay. Welcome to Read My Lips. It's Radio Red without the music, but at least we had them. Yes, how those lips can talk, and they certainly are. We're live streaming on LinkedIn. We're live streaming on Facebook, and we're live audio broadcasting on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's Monday night. Thrilled to be here. We're midway. What? In November, and next week is what? Turkey Day? Um, Nobody take that personally. So before I I introduce my guests. I love my guests. Before I introduce my guests, I want you all to put up your hand in the shape of the letter L. And on the count of three, I rehearsed you, so I really want this to be good. On the count of three, we're all going to say hello L L L. Follow my lead. One, two, two, three. Hello hello. L L L. -L 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 A little draggy, but actually, it was pretty good. Jordan, if you can hear me, I don't know if you can. He's my engineer tonight that was pretty darn good. So LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs. She's our most loyal listener. She goes by the nickname Legs, Carol, L-E-G-Z. I met her in a dance class and a ballroom dancing in New York years ago. And at 8.01 PM Eastern, I'm warning all of you, uh, Jordan's trying to, music was not coming through yet. We'll do it anytime you want to during the show. Just tell me, Jordan, we're going to play the intro and it's fine. You can interrupt me anytime. I know. I know. It's, it's re- reality radio, Danielle. We, we just go with the flow. Uh, Laura has been uh, a fan of the show for for many, many years, and at 8.01 p.m. tonight, I will receive an email from Laura, lovely lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and she will tell me what Carol said, what Danielle said, and what Jerry said. He's allowed me to call him Jerry, but it's G.S. Jerry, and we'll find out what that all stands for, and she will tell me what she gleaned from each of you and how much she enjoyed you, so don't let Laura down. Now, I've been trying to get Laura to move to a place that starts with L, Jerry, because she lives in Whitestone, and that's a W, okay, so I had a whole bunch of Places picked out where we were going to have a phony <sighs> GoFundMe. It didn't really work too well. Lexington, Kentucky; Las Vegas, Long Beach, California; Lancaster, Lincoln, Nebraska; Lubbock, Texas; Laredo, and Little Rock, Arkansas. And then we realized that I had moved to Loudon, Tennessee,
2: which starts with an L.
1: So we're trying to get her to move here to Loudoun with me. And if you wonder how I landed here, a New York girl, I was looking at the map one day and I wanted to move to London. I did. And I tilted my head. Danielle, you've seen me do this because you were on the show a year ago. I tilted my head, Carol, and the N in London was upside down the way I saw it. And that spelled Loudon. So that's where I moved. And here I am. So let me read my little, I, I collaborate with ChatGPT every Monday now. And I want to read the little poem that ChatGPT helped me write. Now, this is not all AI. I intervened and did some changes to it. So when I call your name, just wave. So in the sphere where creativity takes flight, aka Radio Red welcomes with pure delight, three world-changing souls, a vibrant array will dive into their stories. Carpe diem, seize the day. So far, so good. Carol Highsmith, wave your hand, Carol. A visual maestro, grand maestro. Her gift to the nation book, her camera lens commands 80,000 images of photographic embrace over 43 years. She captures every space. Carol, welcome. G.S. Jerry, G E R R Y, Navy veteran with stories to tell. Spins tales with a twist, and he does it so well. Worlds crafted uniquely, unbelievable yet true, quirky and relatable. Adventure escapes so new. Jerry, how is that? You like that? That was great. Okay, good. And Danielle Cybulski, (laughs) TEDx speaker, writer, history whiz, medieval lore as her chosen biz, former professor making history fun. How dare you? In her books, articles, videos, (laughs) a craft. So well done. I hope I honored you. So tune in, buckle up for Radio Red's Lips Creativity Ride with AKA Radio Red, where the stories reside in this lively space. Real magic takes flight. Snapshots of creativity. Tonight, a pure delight. That's it. Carol, I named the title of the show in honor of your photography, Snapshots of Creativity. I pick one guest each week to honor your, I love you all, but to honor with the title of the show. So oh, I have a qu- question for all of you. Is anybody a Scorpio? Anybody? Nope. You want to be a Scorpio? You, you <laughs> think you might want to be? Well, I can make that very no, easy take for back, you. Please. Well, I'm going to make you an honorary Scorpio if you want to, but just let me read a couple of traits of the Scorpio personality. It runs through November 21st. So this is the last week I can do this. So a fixed water sign, loyal, devoted, and passionate. Does that describe you, Jerry? Loyal, devoted, and passionate? It does. He's, he's not sure. That was half a smile. I saw that. Danielle, what about you? Loyal,
3: <laughs> no, Loyal Absolutely. And I'm a water sign too. So there you
1: go. Oh, you are. And Carol, what about you? Loyal, devoted, passionate? What do you think? All of the above. All of the above. Okay. Oh, Deep yeah. feelings and emotions, intense personalities, an acute sixth sense, gut instincts, always analyzing and processing information and cannot let their guard down with strangers. Does that describe any of you? Jerry, Jerry you like that?
4: Yeah, I like that. Daniel? That's definitely me.
1: Carol, what do you think? Are you? Are you? We're getting Jerry to lean into this. I can tell. I, I'm not uh, trading, they're, though. They're, I'm not well, trading. Not, not yet. De- well, you can be an honorary. I'm not asking you to trade. Devoted, yeah. reliable, faithful, the generous. If they like you, no yeah. other sign. Listen, no other sign other than Scorpio. Will hold your hand or dry your eyes when you cry. Will fight your battles as if it's their own and laugh over obstacles. Humor is a little dark, but that's okay. But also, Jerry, this is you might not like this: moody, obsessive, secretive. Jerry, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that to me. Uh, maybe a little secretive, but <laughs> okay. They love fiercely and fully. The most genuine sign, not phony or fake. Well, I know you're all the real deal. So here is the are the some of the professions that Scorpios tend to take: psychologist, psychiatrist, <laughs> detective. <laughs> criminologist, it's getting better and better, surgeon, Mm -hmm. pharmacist, we won't talk about that, researcher, financial advisor, and tour guide. Well, Carol- With your photography, you're really a tour guide in a way. And not a a criminologist, but a psychologist and and all about that. And Jerry, I would say you're probably a detective looking into all these these worlds that you create and a psychologist. (laughs) Danielle, you're a researcher. You're a tour guide to medieval times. You're also a psychologist. And if anybody does anything wrong, you might be a criminologist. So (laughs) I'm going to name you all. I'm going to name you all. Jerry, I told you, I'm the green room comedian, but during the live show, I just try to be funny sitting down. I think it's working Love today. It. Here are some yeah, I'm also fam- a pharmacist, too. There you go. Oh, okay. Here are some famous, and by the way, Jerry, I know you're a veteran. Thank you for your service. especially Absolutely. Right now, hey, hey. right after Veterans Day. Thank you. So here are some famous, you might not want to be after you hear who the famous Scorpios uh, are, uh, Katie, uh, Katie Perry. Leonardo DiCaprio, Winona Ryder, or Wynonna, Tracy Ellis Ross, Drake, Julia Roberts, Pete Davidson who just keeps popping up on SNL, Ryan Gosling, Sean Diddy Combs, and Lord. So let's do a quick assessment here. Jerry, you want to be an honorary Scorpio or not?
4: I mean, my last name's actually Drake, so I, I don't know if that's ironic or not, but <laughs> I, I suppose I can be ironic or uh, be honorary. Be honorary, honorary one, just
1: for today, for the next for, hour. That's it. Just It expires when the show's over. Danielle, what that's about right. you?
3: Oh, you- totally! I'm in good company with Ryan Gosling and Drake. These are famous Canadians. I'm gonna Yay. throw my there hat you- in with them too.
1: <laughs> there you go, Carol Highsmith. You want to be an honorary Scorpio? Oh, just God. For
3: the next. Anything you say,
1: <laughs> <laughs> she, she likes me. She's very excited to be on the I show. Do. I'm blown
2: away by you. Thank you all. So,
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm a Lib- I'm a Libra. I was an October baby. I like to say I'm fair, but not very balanced. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we forgive you for that.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Well, you're here, so you know for the all next right. 43 minutes, you're mine, Carol Highsmith. I'm so happy to have you here, Carol. Honored actually with your your history. Of of photography, your love of the camera, what your lens sees, what you share with people. So, Carol, I'm going to put you on speaker view. You've been warned. And I'd like you to take about three (laughs) minutes, which is the impossible, to tell us who is the real Carol Highsmith. Welcome, Carol. Go (laughs) ahead.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm interested in photographing our America. Why? Because it's for thousands of years from now. Um, following in the footsteps of a woman who started her career a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago. And um, I saw her work at the Library of Congress and I was just blown away. And I thought, well, why don't I photograph my whole life? You know, why not? So I went out for 43 years across all of America, photographed as many nuances as I could find. And those are images that will be there for the for the ages. They're in the Library of Congress in my collection. They have a featured collection. And I'm, and there's 21, 21 of us in the featured collections. I'm the only living person. Everybody else is gone. Wow. So the importance of this. It's just to photograph things correctly so buildings don't lean and, you know, see everything as it is, as it stands now. Everything. New Orleans and uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. It's all ours. I love
1: our country. I love it to death. Carol, could you tell us a
2: lot of problems?
1: (laughs) Carol, we'd love to know about you, the person behind the camera. How did you get started? When was your first camera? When did you, were you a kid? Would somebody give you a brownie camera? What was your first camera? And just briefly, what do you use now? Please, a little more. Briefly? Yes.
2: My dad took photographs of me. And so I was around cameras. He was not a photographer, but he had wonderful cameras and he did that. So um, I worked in broadcasting for years and years. I won every contest there was because I sold everything and marketing and... Anyway, I I won a trip to Russia. And when I was getting on the plane, one of my clients gave me a camera. Well, how can you take bad photographs over there? This was a thousand years ago. So I came home and I had great photographs. Of course I did. So anyway, I'm following in the footsteps of a woman who worked a hundred years ago. I'm And it's very important because a lot of what we see online, well, now it's changing because of AI, but um, it's crooked or it's not right or, you know, it doesn't show us very well. So I decided to show us well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Carol. And I'll, I'll tell you just a brief sideline here. When I was living in New York in Great Neck, I was a reporter for the Great Neck Record local paper, one of 18, you know, the community papers where somebody buys up all the local ones. And um, I met a photographer named Bill Gottlieb. I don't know if any of you know the name. Carol I does. Do. Yes. Bill Gottlieb was the preeminent jazz photographer. And he did the photograph of, of, I think it was Billie Holiday. They made a stamp, U.S. stamps out of it. Oh but, yes, but Bill Gottlieb. I did an article on his birthday, and I said, "Bill Gottlieb, happy birthday, and all that jazz." And the story, Carol, I just want to share with you was that Bill was a reporter for a big newspaper. They sent him on an assignment, but they forgot to send a photographer. So he got a hold of a camera and started taking black and white pictures of oh, his subjects. He oh. became a world famous photographer. His pictures are in, uh, it was in the village gate in life size, blown up. He took me to dinner there. We saw a show and he took me to his processing lab to show me how the photographs were processed by a professional lab. It was quite a thrill and we became friends. So, and his wife was a documentarian on Long Island. So when you mentioned your story, it was uh, necessity is dot, 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 the mother, father, yeah. sister, brother, aunt and uncle of, of necessity is of invention of yes. he, he needed to photograph and he happened to have a good eye and there you were with yours so thank you so much let's move around the table gs mr jerry or whatever you want me to call you so happy to have you courtesy of our mutual friend and and your pr agency mickey mickelson in canada Gs, i s i'm going to put you on speaker view let's find out who you really are go ahead welcome
4: yeah, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Uh, so as you said, my name is GS Jerry. I'm an award-winning author. I'm a father of five. I'm also a Navy veteran, and I'm a cybersecurity expert. Uh, so by day, I help secure your credit card information, and by night, I I write crazy books. Um, so I've I've been doing this for about two years writing books, and i uh, probably one of the most unexpected authors you'll come across. Um, I never expected to write books. uh, That was never a goal or a plan of mine. uh, But I just kind of fell into it when I decided to sell my house. And along the way, got accused by my own real estate agents of making meth and murder. And so I was like, hey, this would make for a great story. And so that's kind of how I got into this whole thing. And so I uh, I was like, hey, if I'm going to write, I'm going to do something really different. Um, and I'm going to break all the rules. And so writing will say, hey, you have to do things a certain way. You have to use complete sentences. And I'm like, why? Why, why do you have to do those things you don't and so when we're talking we're conversing we use incomplete sentences run on sentences all the time and so I was like that could be a perfect avenue uh, to deliver a story and so that's kind of what i did and, and so i uh i was like hey i don't know if it's any good i would give it to my friends and my family and be like hey this sucks tell me right like don't let me make a fool of myself and uh no one ever said it was bad and so i'm like okay like if, he, if the guys if this is bad like someone's gonna finally tell me i submit it to you know get some editorial reviews and i get really good reviews and then i Start looking at the awards contest, and they always talk about you know looking for something new or a fresh perspective. And I was like, perfect, that's exactly what I'm trying to do here. um And so that's kind of you know, long story short, that's me. um I did grow up in the the book world. My dad actually owned a book bindery business, so uh paperbacks, hardcovers, you know, they have to get put together in some way, and that's what the bindery business does. So I hated it. I never wanted to be in it, and and here I am. So. <laughs>
1: What a combination, cybersecurity expert, Navy veteran, father of your whole, whole own community, and <laughs> and you write wacky books the, your own way. And what's funny is you said you break the rules. Well, remember that phrase, because when I close the show, I have words of wisdom at the end. And one of them is break the rules, kiss slowly. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what my opinions are on both of those. So <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just <laughs> delightful. And where do you get your characters from, GS? Where do you find them? Um, so they just kind of come to me it, it could be, you know, my
4: kids are talking about some character or some name while we're going on a walk. I'm like, Oh, that would be a funny name. And so part of the fun for me is really creating funny, funny character names. And so if, uh, in the first book, you know, someone maybe wronged me. I'm going to give them just a ridiculous name and I'm going to make fun of them the whole time. Uh, on the flip side, if they were like, you know, awesome, they they helped us out in a positive way, I'll give them actually a great name and I'll, you know, come congratulate them or I'll go back to them and be like, oh, look at what they did. Look how they helped their family. Uh, but if you're, you're mean or you're wrong, you're definitely going to know it from the way that I, uh, that I write about you.
1: Well, I love that there's a book behind you that's called Hysterical Hangouts. I like that very, very much. Okay. Thank you very much. And by the way, I'm still working on my novella. I'm only up to 27,000 words. I'm having so much fun writing (laughs) it
4: as a... Go ahead. That's a great word count. Uh, my first book is actually 28,000 words, and that one's won seven awards. So, oh, so uh,
1: I might be done. Well, the opening line of my book, I won't, and I have to use a pseudonym because the people who I say something like I mean. in the beginning, uh, if you recognize yourself, you're probably right. So, you know, don't kill the messenger. But <laughs> the opening is it was not a dark and stormy night because the HOA <laughs> forbade dark and they forbade stormy and that's oh, the man. beginning of the murder mystery and you get it and Uh-oh. I like
4: you'll love Listen. my first book I talk about the HOA in there send send me oh, your yeah. book
1: please send me your, send me your oh, ebook I, I, I have to read it and I'll share my manuscript with you how's that okay. oh that'd be great There you go. Okay, let's go around the table to Danielle. I went to Mickey Mickelson last week and I said, somebody just dropped out last minute. She was changing her life or something. And she said, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I went to Mickey and said, get me somebody. And about (laughs) 10 minutes later and three deep breaths later and four OMGs later, He said, Danielle would love to come back, and I'm delighted that you're here. Danielle, I usually tell my repeat guests that I did a mathematical, uh, I did an analysis, a very serious, real serious analysis, and I figured out in your case that there are only 14.798 people in the world who don't remember you. But Jerry's impressed. Carol's not sure where I'm going with this. But Danielle, let's pretend that nobody remembers, no disrespect to you, so please reintroduce yourself. What is this about chivalry and courtesy? I like the idea of courtesy. I like the idea of chivalry, actually. I haven't remembered last time somebody opened the door, but then I don't leave the house and I open my own doors. So Danielle, welcome back. Pronounce your last name for me appropriately and let's find out, let's pretend. Welcome my brand new guest, never met her before, Danielle. Go ahead, Danielle. (laughs)
3: Jerry, you can Um, smile now. I pronounce my last name (laughs) Sabulski. So it's actually pretty phonetic, but when you see all these letters, you look at them and you panic. So it's fine. (laughs) But that's how I pronounce it. Yeah. So I'm a medievalist. I am a lot like Jerry in that I'm an accidental author and a bit of a rebel in that I studied literature. I studied medieval literature and I wanted to share it with people. And at the time I was starting this, you were supposed to do it as an academic and I did it outside of academia. And so I use my creativity to find ways to reach people and tell them about the medieval world because the people who were living back then were just like us. They just had different technology slightly different culture and so what i've been doing for oh gosh a really long time now is bringing these two worlds together the modern world and the medieval world i'm really drawing those connections between people so i do that through books i have five books out now the fifth one is chivalry and courtesy which you can see behind me and then i also do a weekly podcast where i interview experts about stuff that's really interesting stuff like pigs or laundry or you know crusaders or whatever but talk about the interesting stuff in history because it is interesting these are people and i love their stories i don't talk about people that might recognize themselves fortunately they're all dead so i can say whatever i want about them (laughs) (laughs)
1: their their safety and them are never mind I won't finish right
3: yes
1: (laughs) and and let me ask you the same question I asked Jerry how do you get the names of your characters are these real characters from the medieval or do you go to Jerry's children and say what would you like this character (laughs) I I had to
3: <laughs> I don't ask Jerry's children. I don't ask my children either. These are real people from the Middle Ages. So I just do nonfiction. I find fiction is way too difficult. So I leave that to people more talented than I am. I just do nonfiction. So everybody that I talk about is real, even if they're long dead, unless I'm talking about someone from a King Arthur story, in which case someone came up with that name. Not me, but there are some pretty cool names. I came up, I. Came across a name last week, which is Radbod, which I think is a really good name we should bring back.
1: <laughs> I think Jerry's going to steal it for one of his new characters. Right? You're That's welcome. Good. <laughs> Absolutely. There I'll you go. You, you meet the nicest people on my shows. You really <laughs> Absolutely. do. I forgot to d- I'm getting a note here from Jordan and he says there was a problem with the audio profile settings at the radio station and it blocked out the music. Blocked blocked it out. Oh. So maybe if they get it set, he can Jordan, you can just give me a note here if you get it fixed and come back and we'll interrupt because I want to hear that lovely music. Because we have to dance. <laughs> we didn't dance yet. So there you go. Thank you all for your bios. Very, very interesting interesting. So, I forgot to tell you Jerry and uh, Carol and Daniel, probably members, my show is not an interview. It's not a book review. It's a party. We're just having a good time. Okay, that's it. Jerry's warming up very quickly there. I saw him (laughs) smile. Be careful there. Okay, now I've asked each of you to send me a quote from a fictional TV or movie character or a song lyric that doesn't use the word creativity, and that would kind of be hard to find, wouldn't it? And you're going to relate the quote in your own words to your creativity. So, Carol Highsmith has sent a phenomenal quote, a fabulous quote. Nobody in the history of all my radio shows of thousands of guests has ever used this. The quote is from Ralph Cramden played by Jackie Gleason. Jerry, G.S. and Danielle are probably too too young. The Honeymooners, American TV sitcom Uh-oh. that aired from 1955 to 56. It was one of the first U.S. TV shows to portray working class married couples in a gritty, non-idyllic manner. No more Donna Reed and Father Knows Best and everybody's perfect. The toast comes up the right and all that. Set in the Cramden's kitchen in the neglected Brooklyn apartment building. It checked all the boxes. Ralph barked this. I'm going to read it in a second. Every time his wife, Alice, played by the wonderful Audrey Meadows, aggravated him, which was often, and she put him in his place with a zinger. A simple bus driver, the only blustering retort Ralph could think of after she put him in his place was, here's the quote Carol has selected, you're a riot, Alice, a real riot. Okay, I don't do Jackie Gleason well. Carol, rescue me. Tell us what this has to do with your creativity, please. Go ahead.
2: Oh, well, you're a riot, Alice. I mean, because I tend to say this, okay, to people who are maybe 15 and they have no idea what I'm talking about. I say, oh, that, that's a riot, Alice. What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't show show. i do <laughs> i mean the show was fantastic are you kidding me and he'd go barking around you know and she'd tear him to shreds and then she'd say <laughs> you know how dare you and he'd say you're a riot Alice. you know and choke her to death and oh it was so funny <laughs> you couldn't believe it so i tend to say that to people that have no clue what i'm talking about <laughs>
1: I love it. Thank you. Thank you for bringing back those memories. It was, it was quite a lot was said about that show and quite a lot was written. I want to see if I have anything else more in my notes. Uh, the cast was Jackie Gleason, Audrey Meadows, Art Carney, and Joyce Randolph. They were the neighbors.
2: Yeah. It was they were crazy. all hilarious. They, all they were. They were and it, was just cool. an, it was a little beanie ween apartment in New York City and everything
1: on earth happened in that apartment.
2: That's <laughs> and because and they were driver.
1: real. Oh, they, It was so wonderful. <laughs> It was so real, wasn't it, Carol? That's why it resonated with everybody. It was created by Jackie Gleason, starring him based on a comedy sketch on his Variety show. Very, very interesting. Uh, Most most of the episodes revolved around his poor choices. It was filmed as a (laughs) half-hour series. (laughs) On CBS, replaced his Variety series. It initially was a success at the number two show versus the Perry Como show on NBC. When it dropped to number 19 after 39 episodes, they said, bye-bye, and that was it. So uh, let's go on to GS. You also picked a a quote. I have never heard this quote before, and I have not seen this movie, Shame on Me. I know, I know, I know. You (laughs) used to like me, and then I said that. It was terrible. So GS has picked a quote from Roman General Maximus Decimus Meridius, played by Russell Crowe. The movie is Gladiator, 2000, epic historical drama film. And I have to tell you that this quote I'm about to read, Jerry, is popping up in some advertisements on major TV stations. I think it's clips from a whole bunch of movies, and this has started to be used in that reel and I realized it was the quote you selected so very timely here's the quote are you not entertained are you not entertained is this (laughs) not why you are here I I saw the (laughs) clip it was amazing Jerry rescue me go ahead what's this all about
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the whole point of, you know, writing uh, even books, movies, TV shows, right? It's all entertainment. And so um, you want to get away. You want to immerse yourself in something else. And so part of that is the entertainment value. And so if you're going to write something or watch something, it it should be memorable. And part of that is, you know, it should be entertaining. And so no one wants to read the same books with the same storylines, watch the same movies with the same plots. And so that's, again, just part of what I do is I try to really think outside the box and come up with something Different, a different take on it, a different spin on it. And it's always going to lead to some kind of entertaining moment or or loads of entertaining moments. Uh if you just said, hey, I'm gonna write a book about selling my house and you'd be like, so what? Who cares? Right? But what if I tell you I'm gonna write a book about meth murder and Amazon? Okay, now you're intrigued now you're intrigued. What is that all about? And then you find out that there's a house sale involved. Okay, now it's a different spin. Um and there's a the whole entertainment value as part of that.
1: I like that very much. Do you get are you self-published, Jerry? I am. Okay. I was wondering, because back in the day, a publisher would have said, I don't know, maybe. I don't know what the market is. How are we going to sell this? It won't be front of the store. I'm just making, I don't know how publishers talk. Oh, it's true. Okay.
4: It's true. I mean, they'll definitely say those things. uh, But for me, because I'm using this original kind of writing style, using run-on sentences, breaking the rules, making up my own words sometimes, uh, I think it just, you know, it's, It's not going to be something that they're going to probably want to publish because they're like, there's there's nothing like it. What like what? How do we compare this to anything? I mean, there are comparable authors out there, but there's nothing like what I'm trying to create. So uh, probably plays against me in some ways, but it's gonna it's definitely going to be entertaining nonetheless.
1: I'm going to send you my manuscript because I write in list-long sentences that have words oh, put in alphabetical order with sometimes 15 or 20 words for what I'm trying to say. And I look them up in the thesaurus <laughs> and I string them together with commas. I don't know where the Oxford comma comes in there because the <laughs> list is so long. So I, I would like to see what you think, but my, I'm totally oh, breaking every possible rule in my book, and maybe you're going to be the one to get me over the fence and say, okay, Red, let's finish this thing and get it out there. 27,000 words. Thank you. I I knew I liked you. Okay, Danielle, (laughs) I'm looking at your quote. Three words, beautiful. The attribution is John Thatcher, William's father, played by Christopher Casanova, and the movie, oh, the comedy film. Yes, it's A Knight's Tale, 2001, American Medieval. What else would she pick? Action, comedy, film, written, produced, By, directed by Brian Helgeland, starring Heath Ledger as William Thatcher, a peasant squire who poses as a knight and competes in tournaments, winning accolades and acquiring friendships with historical figures like Edward the Black Prince and Geoffrey Chaucer. How dare he! The 14th century has modern pop cultural. It's story has modern pop culture references and a soundtrack featuring 1970s music. The name and some plots are actually from Chaucer's The Knight's Tale in his Canterbury Tales. The movie, I don't know if you know this, Danielle, the budget was $65 million. It grossed $117.5 million. I think it was popular. Here is the quote. You're going to explain it. Change your stars. Danielle, I saw the I saw the clip, so I know. Tell us. And what does it have to do with you? Go ahead.
3: Well, this is probably my favorite movie, and it is the favorite movie of almost every medievalist that I know. And the reason for that is because it's super fun. And we just love it. We love the fun in it. But I like the quote, change your stars in it, because it is about a father talking to his son about decisions I needed to make about how he's going to grow up and what he's going to do with his life. And when we look back at history, I think often we're taught that people only thought in one direction. They only had one role in life and they almost didn't have any free thought, free choice, anything like that. So when we look at somebody who's saying change your stars, even though it's in a fictional movie, it reminds me to look at the fact that people are living moment to moment. So 60 seconds at a time, and they're thinking a lot of things at this time, making a lot of decisions based on emotion, based on advice from other people. So when we look at people from the past, we got to remember that they are making emotional choices about their lives and they want to live a better life. They want to do things like change their stars. So that's one of my favorite movies, probably my favorite movie, and one of my favorite quotes.
1: Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. And I'm glad we have medieval movies for you to pick for your medieval quote. (laughs) That's a good movie.
3: I I have to go see it.
1: I have to see it. I'm sure it's streaming Uh, somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. It's
3: It's super fun. And when you're talking about medieval movies to choose from, almost none of them are fun. This one is.
1: Well, that's why we're all here to talk about the fun and everything that we do, right? Carol's cracking up there. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you all for the quotes. I appreciate it. Let me go to your discussion, your creativity statements. Carol, I'm going to read a little bit from your first one, not the end part, which is a little bit dark, but I want you to talk about this as your roots. I think this is the audience will really love this. So Carol says, I was an imp and a skilled... Listen, everybody. Carol, don't laugh. I haven't finished it yet. I was an imp and a skilled spitballer as a kid. While others were, Daniel's cracking up. I can't say, I've got my notes in front of Jerry's. He's almost <laughs> cracking up. I'm not sure he knows how to crack up. I keep moving uh, myself. I don't want to be a disruption. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I can see, you know, I move my notes. So she says, I was an imp and a skilled tip, tip baller as a kid. While others were voted most likely to succeed, I was chosen most mischievous or mischievous, some people say. Some things came easily to me. Some did not. No big deal. When I was finally out from under my loving but judgmental parents, I attacked each day and still do with a can-do faith in myself that had been set free. Carol, tell us a little bit more about this, how this led to your creativity. I love the way you worded that. It sounds like a little bit of a novel in there. Jerry, doesn't it? A character who could say (laughs) that? I think you're writing Absolutely. a character. Who's Carol? Yeah. Oh, Who's definitely.
2: Carol? Go oh. ahead. Tell me so how this I relates. Just, I was this little rug rat, and my sister was gorgeous. <laughs> when they're doing the, they're doing, you know, a, a PBS doc on me, and I said to the producer, I said, "Well, I was a rug rat, and my sister was like beauty queen city." Well, she went back to all the film my dad had taken. And she called me one day and see, she said, you know what? Normally, I don't believe anybody, but now I believe you. <laughs> because it's so, I was just a little munchkin, this thing, you know, and I was always in trouble, always. <laughs> well, how could you have people look at you if you weren't? You had to be in trouble. So I was. So, you know, and, and I've kind of been that way all my life. I was much worse than when I was a child. <laughs> and you know i I had a kooky family my mother had 15 brothers and sisters and uh, my grandmother knew margaret mitchell she was very elite and she used to look at me and say where did you come from so i mean i had no choice i had to be weird (laughs)
4: we're all weird
1: Carol, I, I have to tell you, I belong to a poetry group, an informal group at Writer's Digest. And there's a moderator, a very, very interesting man named Robert Lee Brewer, who's one of the senior editors at Writer's Digest. And this is so informal, it doesn't cost anything. You just sign up for it. And we use a website called Discuss, D-I-S-Q-U-S. And every day, we're now in the month of November, this is a PAD month, poem a day, and we're supposed to make a chapbook out of the poems. We did this in April, and I made a little Canva book book, which I'll be happy to send to you, a poem every single day. But he gives us a prompt early every morning, posts the prompt. And a couple of days ago, the prompt was write a poem about odd. ODD. And you just mentioned how wild. I'll find the poem and read it to you if I can. And then we comment on this discuss D-I-S-Q-U-S.com site. You're, you put in your poem, you clean it up, you do all your editing right there. A lot of gobbledygook uh, meta tags come in on it. You clean it up. And the way it puts things in, I end up reformatting my poem, sometimes with one word on a line and then the next line. And it just changes the whole instead of just writing right 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 it changes it but I want to tell you that you said we're odd and I wrote a poem about odd and my one of my landscapers looked at me when she was here she she's in the south and she calls me Miss Red got that Jerry Miss Red it's not red it's red
2: it's two syllables
1: my dad he was dead and I, t- I, I that's it. right. And I took that as a compliment. And I'll, I'll read the poem to you. I think you'll all get a kick out of it. So that reminded me. So, uh, yeah. So today, so I try to get up really early every morning now this month and write my damn poem. And then we comment, thumbs up or down. Nobody ever gives them. And we have a little place to make comments. And I've become friends with a lot of these poets. And we'll i have fun. I, I consider myself the class clown because I'm always taking a contrarian view. Well, you know me well enough by now, Danielle and Jerry and Carol figured it out. No, yes, right down my road. There you go, honey. There you go. So let's go to Jerry. Thank you, Carol. Let's go to Jerry's statements. Jerry, I'm going to read a little bit from a couple of your statements here because I like them so much. So you say, we are all as unique as our fingerprints. I use that uniqueness to create memorable and unexpected experiences. The whole point of creating is bringing something new to the table in my writing I decided if I was going to write a book I was going to write something original truly different than anything else that was out there and then you say of course creativity is about thinking outside the box and one more thing this is the interesting one you say creativity is about trying new ideas pushing boundaries and not being afraid to fail Mark Twain said it best write what you know if you're funny then be funny so I use that as inspiration Jerry I've I've, tumbled a whole bunch of things together here, but I, I was so intrigued by what you wrote. Forgive me. Oh, I'm the host. I guess no, that's do okay. That. So that's go ahead. Right. Can you tell us a little more about what this all means to you? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, we are
4: all as unique as our, our fingerprints, right? I mean, when they uh, they have all these crimes, right? Everybody has their own unique set of fingerprints. There are no two that are the same. I think even twins have different fingerprints. Um, and so I think you should use that as, you know, whatever it is that you're creating, whether that's writing a book, uh, writing a story, a movie, you know, whatever it is that, you know, Why not put your own spin on it? Again, you know, there's no point to tell the same stories, right? Like Stephen King, James Patterson, those guys are those guys for a reason. Don't be like them. Be something different. That's what people are looking for. And so I use that as inspiration. And then uh, kind of the Mark Twain quote, you know, says, "Write what you know." Um, if you're funny, the, the audience is going to relate to it. But more importantly, if you're not funny, don't try to be funny because the jokes aren't going to hit. And people are like, "What's this guy doing?" Like, it doesn't even make any sense. This isn't funny at all. Anything like, I'm going to close this book and like go on to the next thing. Um, and so it's all about you know engaging uh, the audience. And so I, I like to speak to the the readers whenever I um, whenever I write my books. I'll actually talk to them during the story. Oh, what do you think about this? If if I was to do this what would you think i'll even incorporate um common movies uh or tv shows that people have seen like uh, the first book i'll I'll make references to the mask a lot of people have seen that movie um and so i'll just kind of think of different ways to really engage with the reader um, and just different ways that probably aren't, aren't being done. I'll even use emojis. I don't know who uses emojis, but I do. Um, and I think that's just a fun little way just to set myself apart. So again, it's all about the just the uniqueness uh, and bringing that experience to the reader. And so I'm all about the experience. Uh, I want to create unique experiences. Uh, this new book that I wrote, uh, it's a true reality show. So every every chapter is an episode and I take you through. Uh, basically, you've dating your girlfriend meet the parents and what happens when that gets recorded and so i know a lot of people have uh you know are married have children and and so i think it's really relatable
1: very cool. I wrote three romantic comedy plays about six years ago, Jerry, and I decided I wanted to write a play. So I went online and I said, I just Googled, I need the format for playwriting. What, <laughs> what do you do? What, what when paragraphs? What typeface? What size? Uh, how do you do it? You know, you set the scene, you define your characters. And I downloaded playwriting one oh one and I wrote it in three nights starting at one in the morning. I That's was working amazing. but one till four o'clock. Awesome. And then I took it to my I had some TV shows I was producing and hosting at the local public access. And I went and found through through connections on Long Island, I found a group of community actors, community theater actors. And they agreed to do my play. I did three plays. That's awesome. And we did, I can send you all the links. I put them on Vimeo and we had to edit them down to 28 minutes and 30 seconds because they were airing in my 30 minute time slot. So one was about these, and they talked to me. That's what I want to tell you. My characters literally said to me, just keep writing because I'm (laughs) telling you what I said, what I did, how I felt, what I was wearing what the food tasted like, what the yeah, weather was. But he's, it, yeah, it, it was just, they just came and it just flowed and I produced them and I loved them. And then I, uh, when I was living in, in um, Durham, North Carolina, I decided to start something called a cold reading salon. So I put it on the local calendar for the community. This was a 55 plus. Of course, I was 13 at the time. To- no, I was 23. Um, <laughs> and, and 25 people signed up and I printed out Poems that were not cop uh, scenes, monologues, dialogues, multiple mm-hmm. actor scenes. From, uh, some of them were Roald Dahl. They were all printable. They weren't, they were public domain, shall we say. I didn't violate anybody's copyright. Right. And I st- scattered them on a table and I said to these 25 people, come up and look, the title is, is in bold on the top. It'll say one or two or three or four characters. Pick one, you got five minutes, read it. And then I'd say, okay, who wants to go first? Who's the brave one? And one woman raised her hand. And we went around and I had them cold read it in front of each other. I'd never been to anything. Is that a little improv? It was it was and I studied improv with some big shots in New York too. So I knew the value of that. And what I want to tell you was I had one of my plays, an act a scene from one of my plays in the mix, and somebody picked it. And I heard them read it. And I'm sitting there saying, gee, that's really funny. (laughs) <laughs> <I love that. laughs> Who wrote that? Who oh, 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 Holy crap, it's mine. That's really cool. So anyway, this is just, this, <laughs> you just keep breaking the darn rules. Thank you very much. Let's go to uh, Danielle. I have two statements from you. I'm going to, oh, this is, in, I might combine three here. So number one, you say creativity is an essential tool for historians like me, like you, especially in eras when sources can be scarce. I have to use my imagination and empathy to connect the dots and fill in the blanks. That's one. Then you say, many of the best creative ideas come from moments of rest and stillness. I wanna hear about that. And one more, you say, when you're trying to change people's minds, you have to use every creative tool in the box. Interesting. I thought the—I hope you don't mind my stringing them all together, Danielle, but (laughs) tackle any of them you want. I thought they'd be interesting, especially for Jerry and Carol, as well as my audience. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Well, the one that you didn't say, when I was talking about rest and stillness, the end of that was that a lot of my good ideas come in the bathtub. <laughs> so that oh, is yes, true. yes. I'm sorry. It is here. It's certainly true for me. My anywhere. best ideas come in the bathtub. Yes. You're absolutely right. Oh, that's I yes. don't want to get
1: personal. Go ahead.
3: Well, you have to. you have to let your mind rest. And I think it's hard, especially for people like writers, like all of us here who are kind of entrepreneurial that are trying to work on things ourselves, we don't get a lot of rest. And when we do, that's when the creativity comes. So it's kind of a paradox. But when it comes to looking at the past, I really think that you have to apply your empathy because, like I was saying, these are these are real humans that are making decisions. And often when you're looking at the Middle Ages, you have these big gaps and you're wondering why did someone declare war? or why did they do something that they did? Why did they write a message? Why did they make a decision that seems foolish at this distance? And so you have to actually dig into it and see what else is going on in their lives. Is there something that maybe we don't know about? And the more you dig into that, the more you get to find out who these people are. I like to look at the everyday life of everyday people who almost always have no records or the records are from a court case, which can be very interesting. And you're trying to go and work backwards and find out what led to this. So you really have to apply your empathy. And then because I do that, it makes me able to empathize with the people who are reading about it. So if something is interesting to me about a court case or something else of war or something like that, then I tell people about it in a way that I think is going to engage them. So that is my, my whole work is making history fun because I think if it's interesting to me, it's going to be interesting to other people. And the way I access it is by accessing my empathy. That's how I do it. It's creativity right there.
1: I love it. I love it. Very often on the show, we come up with adjectives for creativity, and I had a woman about a year ago who thought it was courageous to be creative. <laughs> yeah. Courageous, aren't we all? And now you're, we're talking empathetic, <laughs> not empathic, empathetic creativity. I found the odd pa- poem. Would you all like to hear it? Because I can it read does. it. Okay, so the, the prompt was, here's Robert's prompt. He says, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. For today's prompt, write an odd poem. It could be about something outside the ordinary or odd. Of course, this was the 11th. 11 is an odd number. There's another odd possibility for your poem. Write about odd numbers. I'll accept any odd ideas you might have today. I've never seen him reject a poem, but I don't know. So my poem is called Even's End blank. IRL in real life. So even's and and of course the blank would be odds. So here we go quote marks i'll put up my fingers air quotes you're odd laura said admiring to my face as she 61 and her boy 35 pruned shrubs tidied borders cleaned up my place takes one to know one she shaded her sun and cigarette lined complex shun away from the sun she was odd too in her garden tending cozy sewing bead stringing craft painting way she said it as a compliment to elida align us as a shared fringe that day that's odd jim said adroitly to my face after he graded the tech math interview tests i took at his workplace takes one to know one he told me no candidate had ever 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 aced all the tests in one run he was odd too laid back manager surprised by an unnerdy redhead in heels who high scored he said wow did not expect this you start tomorrow i promise you work here you'll never be bored how odd, Jason said adamantly to my face after he realized I was leaving his car dealership without buying the beauty in the first parking space. Takes one to no one. He checked his fee list. MSRP, destination title registration, did the math, said bargaining's not done. He was odd, squeaky new, but sharp pulled out stops. We couldn't close this. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, big deal. He gasped when I suddenly turned and said, okay, add a huge red bow on the hood and we'll make this sale real. Not odd. Is there a lesson in these sagas? Sesame Street sang it well. One of these things is not like the others as they taught us to spell. We odd ones bring color and spicy and zest. We never just want to be just like the rest. There's room here if you'd like to join our fun. After all, all it takes is it takes one to no one. What do you think? Good. Yes. yes. Very good. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and it rhymes. I love rhyming.
1: Thank (laughs) you. I try to weave in a couple of rhymes here and there. Thank you very much. I really Oh, you should go into oddity. You
2: should definitely go to audities.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we get strange poems. We get poems about right about a childhood object that everybody wrote about their teddy bears and I wrote about the model trains. My dad and I used to run in the basement. We'd have mom turn out the lights and we'd crash the trains into each other and watch all the sparks fly and the little cows go down the magnetic ramp. I always, the, I call me the class clown. And anyway, thank you very much. We have about nine minutes left and I want to cover some more. So I have some famous birthdays. Let's have a little bit of fun with this. All right. Today, November third. Thirteenth. Oh my, Whoopi Goldberg. Anybody guess how old she is? Anybody?
4: Sixty-seven. Sixty-eight.
1: Did well, you not peek? I did, did
4: not. I had no pay? idea. I amazing. Just, yes.
1: Okay. All right. I'm not sure about that. Comedian, act comedic actress, played the leading role in the 1985 film The Color Purple. Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for the eccentric psychic in the 1990 movie ghost. She voiced the hyena Shenzi in the 1994 Disney film The Lion King. She played Carmen Thibodeau in the popular musical series Glee. I like that show from 79 to 81. She worked in the theater. Did you know this in communist East Germany, where she no. smuggled contraband for her friends. She won a, <laughs> Listen to this. She won That's a Tony well. Award for producing the Broadway musical Thoroughly Modern Millie in 2002. And this put her into the unique group of entertainers who won an Oscar, an Emmy, a Grammy and a Tony all for oh, about the that. Time. Today is also Very the explosive. birthday of Jimmy Kimmel. How about that? I didn't know Yay. his words were in radio and comedy. He started out as Jimmy Kimmel live on ABC. He hosted the Emmys in 12 and 16, the Academy Awards, the Oscars in 2017 and 18. And he has an honorary degree from UNLV. I guess that's university of Las Vegas. His first paying job in radio was a morning show co-host of the Me and Him show on KZOK FM. I didn't know that. Steve Zahn, actor, very interesting, Saving Silverman, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dr. Doolittle 2, and Daddy Daycare. He voiced the character Thunderclap in 2015 animated film The Good Dinosaur. Gerard Butler, does anybody remember him? Actor in Olympus Has Fallen, voiced the character Stoic the Best in the animated film How to Train Your Dragon. And one of his claims to fame, Carol, you're going to be very shocked by this, he dated Jennifer Aniston in 2000 nine that's actually in his he's bio. in a movie with her too pretty interesting. is he
2: really okay i still wanted to know that
1: <laughs> i know i did too and then we have joe Montana, who is 76 today he played fbi really? special agent david rossi on the cbs show criminal minds he had roles in three amigos the godfather part three i didn't know this before he was famous he played the bass in bands the apocryphals and the missing links who later became the band chicago seriously yeah. He received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2011. Those are the birthdays. Now, I have three people in the social media world. Are you all sitting down? Jerry, you sitting down? I can't tell. Yeah. Carol, uh, Carol, I see you, and Danielle looks like, okay. We have a young man named Jinx, J-I-N-X. His real name is Anthony Brady. He's 31 today, and he has a mere 1.6 million subscribers on YouTube. I just wanted you to know. That's a lot. Oh, wait a minute. I haven't been finished yet. The YouTube vlog, he posts vloggers. He posts comedic videos reacting to popular web videos, and he parodies existing web stars. He does pranks and music videos. He also served in the Air Force. I didn't know Amazing. that. There you go. Happy birthday to Jinx. Then we have Fernando Jimenez with a G, and she's 21. Uh, Carol, I hope you're sitting down for this. She's on TikTok. She has a mere 8 million subscribers. Eight. That's not million. enough. She's, I know. (laughs) She, last week I had somebody with 10, but the birthdays fall when they make trending. She's a trending dance content creator with performances on. Fertu Jimenez TikTok. She's associated with Unlocked Branding, whatever that is. Her videos highlight her sense of fashion. (gasps) Oh, shall we do this, Danielle? And she (laughs) focuses on new foots, not for me, including swimwear. I'm past that point in my life. (laughs) One of her first performances was set to Ariana Grande's 34 plus 35. I have no idea what that is. And then we have another TikToker named Noah Glenn Carter, Glenn with two N's, who's 21 also. He could be Fernanda's Brother by another mother. He has a crown verified TikTok for his lip sync. He received his verification crown on Christmas Day 2016. That was seven years ago when he was 14 years old. His first Instagram photo was his Chihuahua dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> he launched a video account and he was on Vine where he only had 10,000 followers. So that's it. And now let's go quickly to events in music history. On this day in 1965, Simple as Do Re Mi, the Sound of Music soundtrack featuring Julie Andrews hit U.S. number one. On this day in 76, Rod Stewart's Tonight's the Night with Cooing by his girlfriend, Britt Eklund, hit number oh. one in America for eight weeks. On this day in 1982, Men at Work's debut album, Business as Usual, hit number one in the U.S., For 15 weeks, anybody can guess which knocked it out? Anybody know which album knocked it out of first place?
4: 1982? I wasn't born. I don't know.
1: Oh, that's a low blow. <laughs> it was Michael Jackson's Thriller. Daniel, oh, we're not that would have been my
3: that. guess. That would have been my that guess. That is yeah. so great. This day I was alive for that. There you go.
1: This day in, <laughs> in this day in 2000, the Beatles sanctioned their first official website at www.thebeatles.com. On 2001, with the help of Gloria Estefan, Colombian-born songtress Shakira, released her first English language album called Laundry Service with the top 10 hit Whenever, wherever. I didn't know Gloria Stefan helped her. Uh, let's see. At 2005, on this day, listen to this. At his concert in Anaheim, California, Paul McCartney played Good Day Sunshine, which was beamed up into space to wake up the astronauts. On the International Space Station. Oh, that's so great. I remember hearing that. On this day in 2006, after attempt, after failing at their attempt at a video streaming service, guess what Google did? They bought YouTube and grew it into the second most popular website in the world after Google.com. In 2010, on this day, Taylor Swift became the first female artist to place 11 songs on the Hot 100 at the same time. Yes. Yes. Impossible. Was she still 12? In 2012, RCA Records released a greatest album hit to commemorate Whitney Houston, who passed away in 2012. February, I Will Always Love You, The Best of Whitney Houston includes all 11 of her number one Billboard charting hits. In 2020, Harry Styles appeared on the cover of Vogue, the first man to get the cover all by himself. And in 2020, the same day, Kylie Minogue's album Disco went to number one in the UK. She was the only woman in five consecutive decades to do that, to have a number one in five decades. Today is uh, the start of Anti-Bullying Week. Very important. It's National Hug and Musician Day. I'm a drummer. You can all hug me. Thank you very much. Sadie (laughs) Hawkins Day. The girls get to pick who they dance with. World Kindness Day. Geography Awareness Week. Where is that on the map? Global <laughs> global Entrepreneurship and National Young Readers Week. We have to get your books out, Danielle and yep. Jess, oh, yeah. all of you. Uh, let's see. November is the month of entrepreneurship, gratitude, national novel writing month. Gary, <laughs> this is for you. It's no shave month. You're in fashion. It's- um, I'm good to go. It's Adopt-A-Turkey Month, Banana Pudding Lovers Month, Fun with Fondue, Don't Even Ask, Peanut Butter Lovers, Pepper, Pomegranate, Raisin Bread, and Roasting Month. And we all know what's going to be roasted next week. So let's quickly get around the table here before I do my closing where you're all going to participate. Let's get a quick website where people can find you. Carol, quick, where can people go? com. C-A-R-O-L-H-I-G-H-S-M-I-T-H-A-M-E-R-I-C-A dot com. Jerry, where can people go to find you?
4: Yeah, you can go find me at gsjerry.com.
1: G-S-G-E-R-R-Y dot com. I love those websites.
3: (laughs) Danielle, where can people go? You can find me at daniellecebulski.com, and I'm waiting for you to spell it.
1: D-A-N-I-E-L-E-C-Y-B-U-L-S-K-I-E.com. I didn't. I remember. I know everything, now. I have one minute. Jordan, thank you very much. Quickly, and by the way, there were 10 tips for women in 2014 in one of my early radio shows, and the number one was aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. We'll leave that one alone. Here's my closing. GS, listen up. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly, it's still the best. love truly, laugh uncontrollably, laugh with me, everybody, one, two, three. <laughs> jerry force yourself and never regret anything never regret anything that made you smile here's the final words work like you don't Uh need the money because nobody else cares dance like nobody's watching when i was teaching disco on a high school cafeteria table at high heels because they wouldn't give me a stage everybody watched 250 people and i never fell sing like nobody's listening (laughs) i try not to sing tonight and love like you've never been hurt let your heart grow back regenerate, regroup, and let you love again. Money talks, chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line. Don't go away, kids. Here we go. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red saying goodbye. Wave goodbye to LinkedIn. Wave goodbye to Facebook. Wave goodbye to Voice America Empowerment. Jordan, are we out?
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel your questions and comments to radiored Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific time 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.